This paid program may not represent the views of Hubbard Broadcasting Incorporated or Federal News Radio. Statements and opinions of this broadcast are solely those of individual contributors or advertisers as indicated. Federal News Radio does not take responsibility for those statements or opinions and accepts no responsibility or liability for any inaccuracy, errors, or omissions reported during this program. Welcome to the Business of Government Hour, a conversation about management with a government executive who is changing the way government does business. The Business of Government Hour is produced by the IBM Center for the Business of Government, which was created in 1998 to encourage discussion and research into new approaches to improving government effectiveness. You can find out more about the center by visiting us on the web at businessofgovernment.org. And now, the Business of Government Hour. Welcome to a special edition of the Business of Government Hour, Global Government Leaders Series, expanding our conversation to key government executives around the world who are making a difference in public service. I'm Michael Keegan, your host and leadership fellow at the IBM Center for the Business of Government. What is the country of Finland's digital strategy? How is Finland advancing the digitization of public services? And what can we learn from Finland's efforts? I'll explore these questions and so much more with Anamaya Karjalainen, Director General, Public Sector Information and Communication Technologies in the Ministry of Finance within the Government of Finland. Anamaya, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be in. What is the mission of your office? How is it organized? And, and more importantly, how does it support the overall mission of the government of Finland? Well, uh my my office is is located in the ministry of finance so we are one department of the ministry of finance and um, the the task is really the the public sector uh, digitalization and um, how we have defined our mission is so to say it's of course in finnish language normally but um, how i tried to translate it it is that uh, we create the prerequisites for the digitalization and uh, that we are powerful direction leaders. And uh, that is the mission. And with this mission, we try to support our government to digitalize Finland. How we are supporting is that uh, in in Finland, the government has seen digitalization as a cross-sectoral team across all the ministries, how we want to operate. So what are your specific responsibilities and duties as Director General of Public Sector ICT? Well, my responsibilities is, is first of all, to ensure the ICT and and uh, digital security services for the government. And then to digitalize the whole public sector and uh, lead the digital security of the public sector. So it's dual to really ensure services on the government side, but then uh, leading digitalization and, and security matters on the whole public sector side. So Anamaya, perhaps you could give us for our audience a brief overview of the Finnish system of government, specifically, how is it structured? What form or system of governance does it follow? Well, uh, Finland is a, a state in European Union. In Europe, we belong to European Union, a democratic country. Uh, we are actually in the Nordics. 
we are a state, so we have a president, and uh, we are altogether 5.3 million citizens. Well, how we operate generally is that uh, uh, we have a parliament with 200 parliament members, where elections are every four years. And uh, currently we are having a coalition government with five parties in the government. We have uh, 12 ministries and uh, actually 19 ministers. So we have in certain ministries two ministers. Then if you look the the whole public sector, uh, how we are, um, we are actually on mainly on two levels. So the, the government level and the municipalities. And in the, the government roundabout works uh, 70,000 persons and in the municipalities over 400,000 persons. In Finland, the municipalities have the responsibility of uh, uh, social and healthcare uh, services as well as schooling. But what we are currently doing is actually that we are build, uh, currently our regions are very um, thin. But we have a reform ongoing to build um, 20 plus strong regions to Finland, which will take actually tasks from the municipalities like the social and healthcare services and rescue services. So currently we are kind of two level and in few years there should be three level, uh, the, the governance. Very helpful context. Thank you. So in your role, um, as Director General of Public Sector Information Communication Technologies, ICT. What are the three top management challenges you face in your position and how have you sought to address those challenges? Well, uh, let's say so that we have a, a uh, we got new government a little bit more than one year ago. And there we proposed certain actions to, to further digitalize Finland. And actually, we got through six big development programs uh, what, uh, that we should deliver the results by 2022. And of course, the challenge is the, the short timeline and, uh, and to get them uh, resourced correctly and to have a strong project management in order to deliver. So I would say that is uh, the, the first big challenge I have. Uh, then secondly, they are partially belonging to the first one is, is uh, to take the advantage of the emerging technologies. I would say especially AI in public sector and in an ethical manner. And uh, thirdly, what I told you about the public sector, we have government level and municipalities. The municipalities in Finland are very independent and uh, the, the challenge is there how to have and get them on board in a soft way to our um, common tools and ways of working, meaning that I would not need to use uh, compulsory tools like legislation to, to uh, get them on board. So that is one of the big, big things, uh, how to, to nicely cooperate and get them on board. Very interesting. So, um Given the time, the amount of time you've been in your current role, what has surprised you most during your tenure as the Director General? Um, well, I've been in this current position for six years. And um, in, in, in Finland, mainly we civil servants, we are non-political 
and uh, compared to USA, we know we stay uh, in the same position. Even the governments are changing, and also the political parties are changing. So um, I am as well a non-political person, and I would say one of the positive surprise has been how easy it has been to work with the with the ministers from different parties. I think I'm six years on the position and I have had uh, four different ministers uh, from three different parties. So um, that has been the uh, positive surprise, how I've been able to, from my perspective at least, to find a kind of a trust relationship with the minister, how to, to cooperate. So Anamaya, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your career path? Well, uh, I've studied engineering, so I'm a civil engineer. And uh, I worked over 20 years in the private sector, leading ICT that time in both uh, in mainly international companies, uh, metal uh, company and, and paper industry company, which is very a big branch in Finland. Then I found, joined five years ago the um, government side. I, I worked actually five years for the state treasury as a divisional um, director consolidating the government public services. And I said, now I've been then six years already in this current position. So that is then my career path. I'm in the Public sector or, or, or the the state side, and I never expected to be, so to say. Great, wonderful. So, what are the characteristics of an effective leader, given your background, and perhaps you can share with us some of your leadership principles that you follow? Well, I I, I think what an effective leader is that one is able to deliver what is agreed or expected. You see the big picture, and you are able to lead towards the big picture or the, the target. And as I see today, the social skills are, are, are a must, both with the, to, to operate with the personal, but stakeholders. And, uh, well, principles, as um, I'm an engineer, I do not sell promise where. I, I normally come out with the results, and that is the safe speech from me, a very typical Finnish way, I would say. Uh, what I see then also is that one should have fun at work. I mean, humor is important. You have, you should enjoy working. And what I try to do is I try to communicate a lot in order for people to know where we are going and what we are heading and, and how, how, how we should operate. What is Finland's digitization strategy? We'll explore this question and so much more when the special edition of the Business of Government Hour, the Global Government Leader Series, returns. To support government financial performance and accountability, financial systems must meet certain standards, and relying on outdated financial systems inhibits progress. ERP vendors are encouraging clients to move to the cloud and consider new technologies such as robotic process automation, blockchain, and AI to enhance financial productivity. Download the IBM Center Report Financial Management for the Future at businessofgovernment.org to learn why and how government can evolve to meet the demands of a digital world. 
The Ebola crisis in West Africa from 2014 to 2016 was an epidemic that put emphasis on global capacity to respond to international disasters. How can government better assess the needs of those affected and help them? The IBM Center Report Responding to Global Health Crisis by Professor Jennifer Widner breaks down the U.S. response to the Ebola crisis and provides insights on lessons learned that may aid the government responses in the future. Download your free copy, Responding to Global Health Crisis, at businessofgovernment.org. Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Anamaya Kadeh-Lenin, Director General of Public Sector Information and Communication Technologies within the Ministry of Finance for the Government of Finland. So could you tell us more about your strategic vision for Information and Communication Technology, ICT, in Finland? And more importantly, what are your strategic priorities? So we think about ICT, really the technology side for information and communication, uh, is that uh, I'm, I'm more looking for this kind of um, hybrid model, I would say. We have, uh, and we are centralizing here in Finland, uh, what it, where it makes sense. Uh, for example, we have shared ICT services for the government, uh, covering the network, data centers, laptops and desktops, as well as collaboration tools. Uh, with this uh, centralization, we look for the interoperability and as well efficiency. This also actually uh, made us the move to the teleworking um, during these COVID times uh, a success. Uh, for the common digital services, then we have also an, uh, we have also centralized. So for the common digital services, we have also an agency to deliver the shared services on that area. But as well, uh, if you look more broadly for uh, HR and financials, as well as procurement, uh, including ICT, that is uh, centralized in Finland. Uh, regards the ICT part, and I, I think we we are really looking forward moving more to cloud services where it's suitable. And the way we work is that we actually outsource the actual production of the services mainly. But uh, my my agencies stay as a service organizer and integrator for us. Um, and regarding the municipalities, I was telling you, they because they are more independent, they have uh, much more decentralized models, so they work by their own services. But uh, certain things like uh, common digital services, they have to use them by law as well. That's wonderful. Um, as a follow-up, are there any specific internal drivers or external trends that shape and inform your IT strategy? And what principles shape and inform both your vision and your strategy? I think in, in Finland, the, the, our internal driver is in that we want to build Finland a, a people-centric, proactive society. And especially now that the life events and AI are in focus, as well as uh, ethical manner. Uh, regards the, the external trends, we especially uh, follow what the research company Gartner 
is coming out with its seminars and, and the, especially the magic quadrants. But also, of course, we do study trips to other countries, especially here in Europe, to, to know what they are doing as, as uh, government level. And uh, of course, we are also member in, in uh, uh, some global ICT organizations where we learn a lot from each other, so what the other countries are doing. And now I, I mean this uh, globally, not, not European-wide, but also the Asia and actually USA as well. What I then, as, as principles, I, I think we should listen, the, we call it Finland, so uh, silent signals, things that are not really visible, but uh, not tangible, but anyway, uh, both from the private sector and from the, the public sector as well. We want to have a, a long-term view where to go, and we try to promote the piloting of the new technologies in order to know, know and to see what kind of steps should be taken in future on protoscopes. That's terrific. So I'd like to understand and explore specifically Finland's digitization strategy. Um, Anamaya, could you elaborate on the success in digitizing public services for citizens? What types of services have been digitized why has Finland been so successful in this area? I would say we started the Finnish society already digitalized its services decades ago. I mean, already in the 1980s, Finland moved to fully digitalized census, meaning that we have no forms to fill in. The centralized high-quality population register, what we have made this possible. And I think we are the only country plus Denmark who has done it fully digitalized So a long time ago. So uh, 2014, Finland uh, started to build the national service architecture to improve the, the cost efficiency and connectivity of the whole public sector. And in that program, we created the so-called Suomi.fi services, meaning Finland.fi. Uh, that is a toolbox for commonly used digital services like EID, authorization services, digital post, and uh, one-stop shop to the uh, public sector service catalog. Digitalization has been seen as a cross-cutting team in the government programs, as I said before, and by that it has granted us development resources. So uh, we have got also just special money to digitalize more Finland. And one of those examples was that in 2050 we got a special fund uh, and to digitalize, and we went out with a um, open letter signed by the prime minister uh, asking proposals what should we digitalize. And actually, we got 262 proposals out of the private, public, and people. And we worked those together, and so that we had representatives from all ministries where we together scored which proposals we would put forward. And no one was allowed to, to uh, vote of their own area uh, proposals. Naturally, we put out 15 projects and, and um, 
as such, my my department uh, didn't, of course, do the project, but we followed and, and guideline the the um, uh, projects. And actually, those all were finalized very successfully. For example, there we uh, first time used RPA in order to, to see how it can be used in Finland. The digitalization, I think why it makes a success is that, for example, the Finnish taxation happens automatically um, and, and the data is automatically collected. Uh, from the the, um, the different uh, registers and resources, and there is even no need to approve the tax declaration that you gain get from the taxation authority in case it's okay. If you need to to um, change the data, you can do it remotely. Second, I think, very good example, which we have done lately, is the Finnish passport and ID card that you can apply from the net. You go to the Photoshop, which sends your photo digitally with your application. Then um, uh, in a week, you get a notice that you can pick up your passport from 7-Eleven. So during the whole process, the citizen don't need to visit the government agency nor the police station. So um, I think those are a couple of very nice ex- examples. But uh, then you were asking as well that uh, that how how we've been uh, so successful. I think that we've been able to deliver what we wanted to deliver, and the project management is is a very important asset before. And and once you are able to show results that you are able to deliver, then you gain more resources and more tasks. So um, that is the way to go forward. And then, of course, you have to have a good team. I mean, generally, whole public sector, the, the uh, persons who are keen on, on doing the tasks and delivering. And what can other countries learn from your experience? Yeah, actually, when um, after we were able to implement this national architecture and and some of the projects that I told, uh, bef- uh, before that we were going around uh, visiting the, the different countries to see that what they are doing. But now it's vice versa. Uh, different countries, like even Singapore, is coming to visit us to see what we have we've been doing. So that has been a pleasure in a way to see that um, we are successful. I, I think it shows the success as well. So Anamaya, given Finland's experience and success with its digital strategy, how can government most effectively foster digitization? I think the, the what I mentioned already is this cross-cutting team. So to implement cross-sectoral, cross-ministry projects and programs. Um, that is one of the success factors because it requires good cooperations, uh, but it also uh, gives more effective results. One is that when you get the trust, uh, you should have also this kind of uh, earmarked money to digitalization. I mean that when the money is, is gained, you, you use it for the digitalization. But then I, what I see is, is important is that the leader should 
understand that digitalization is not only technology, but it means that you renew your ways of working, your processes with the help of technology. And this is really the leader task. And then coming back as the, the success, I think one one big thing was when we started 2015, uh, broadly, uh, even more broader digitalized was that that our previous prime minister had been an entrepreneur on this area. So he really wanted to invest in digitalization and, and him as our country's top leader, all the other leaders wanted to as well see and dig into this matter. What, what do we get with the digitalization? So yeah, the big ones first, and isn't it so? The others then follow. As a follow-up, what are some of the most uh, significant challenges to digitization that you've encountered? And more importantly, how have you sought to address those challenges and overcome them? Uh, I, I think the, the challenge has been the, the legal issues or legal matters. I mean, it takes time to adapt the laws to digital world. When Finland, they were in the paper world, and and you need to take them forward to the digital world. And then one thing in, in digitalization, you want to share information between the agencies in order to get the citizens a, a good service. Uh, but this has been a, a issue to, to share the information between agencies. And um, that is... Again, a, a legal matter that how we can uh, legally uh, enable the the uh, movement of the data. So um, I think it's it has been the legislation more 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 or less, and how to solve this. Of course, uh, uh, us having some laws in place or implementing those, but also then work closely with our Ministry of Justice. So I was wondering, what are some of the future goals for digitization and the digital strategy in Finland? Well, I, I mentioned in the beginning some of the, that we have um, uh, governmental projects ongoing and one one big is, is the uh, further digitalization in the sense that uh, we we hope to get the citizen and entrepreneurs uh, primary uh, communicate uh, uh, dig uh, digitally primary communicate with the government by 2023 and the whole public sector not on the government uh, and for this we are ensuring that our public sector digital services are easy to use, secure, accessible, so that is the task. But then we have also a special aid program to support and increase the skills of the citizens and entrepreneurs. So that is one part. The other thing I think is what I want to take forward is the new mobile ID in Finland that enables uh, this self-sovereign identity and, and the so-called digital wallet. The, 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 the citizen can choose what sort of information he or she wants to give forward. And thirdly, I would say the implementation of AI in ethical manner to public sector. How did technology assist Finland in its pandemic response? We'll explore this question and so much more 
when the special edition of the Business of Government Hour, the Global Government Leader Series, returns. How does an agency decide upon and implement a performance management framework that will be successful for their specific administration? The IBM Center Report, a practitioner's framework for measuring results, follows the implementation and results of the CSTAT management framework in Colorado's Department of Homeland Security in hopes that it can guide others who may want to institute a similar approach. Download a practitioner's framework for measuring results by Melissa Wavelet on businessofgovernment.org today. Agile methodology has allowed for agencies to keep up with the growing demands for fast response to problem solving. The Opportunity Project, TOP, serves as a catalyst in adapting agile techniques to solve complex agency mission problems. TOP works with federal agencies to identify challenges and facilitate iterative approaches in response. In the IBM Center Report, Agile Problem Solving in Government, Joel Gurin and Katerina Ribello discuss the factors of success involved in TOP. Download your free copy today at businessofgovernment.org. Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Anamaya Kadeelenen, Director General of Public Sector Information and Communication Technologies within the Ministry of Finance for the Government of Finland. Anamaya, what is being done to facilitate and expand the data economy, the information economy? Uh, what are the benefits and challenges in this area? And more importantly, what do you see as the proper role of government with data and its usage? Well, I think we are really a, a society strongly based on the information and, and its utilization. And the, the knowledge-based decision-making and open, openness is the way public sector here operates. And I would say in Finland, the basic registers and uh, uh, statistic information are very high quality and they give us reliable data how the society and business functions. And of course, this information we need in order to, to have AI uh, functioning properly. What we did to go forward is um, overall um, data economy. We actually, two years ago, we, go, we made a report to the government of information policy. Actually, we call in Finland, you say data policy, we call information policy because data has a little bit different meaning in Finnish language. We see that the the data or uh, information as a new policy sector where we should move forward. Now we have um, uh, in place a information management act that uh, with that one we uh, uniform um, the the data and implement the, the principles of the openness and, and, and interoperability information of information systems and data resources. And then we have also an information management board in place which promotes the implementation uh, of the information and data security procedures. And then we have implemented actually now a, a strategy and action program for opening and uh, further using data in, in Finland, where the focus is on data interoperability, quality interfaces, and my data. So um, I, I think that the, you need the data 
to lead the country and we want to lead with the, the country with the very uh, good quality data. That's very important. So would you elaborate on your efforts to enhance IT and cybersecurity across your government enterprise? What are some of the major challenges and persistent threats you face? First of all, I, I think what is very positive in Finland is that the we have very the public sector has very high level of trust from the citizens and that is something we want to keep um, and uh, we made a just a this kind of uh, government resolution um, first uh, on digital security for the public administration and that was first time the government resolution on on digital security. It was for earlier on on um, uh, data security. So really looking the digital side of the security part. Now we are then um, having an implementation strategy where we uh, want to develop, especially the um, security of the municipalities where we have had some minor uh, issues in, in certain cities in Finland. So um, I, I think the, the, our time is really to implement the, the agreed actions, um, what we have defined on the government resolution and, and really, really get the, how would I say, the security on, on those uh, places where it has not been on correct level. And really, we try to get the, the security as a matter in the risk management. It's quite often that the risk management, you, you see other topics, but not really the uh, digital uh, security part. So uh, uh, digital security as a normal uh, uh, risk management procedure, we believe that that takes us to the next step. Anamaya, I'm really interested in understanding how you're leveraging emerging technologies. So could you elaborate on your efforts around emerging technologies, such as uh, artificial intelligence, AI, machine learning, um, some things that are probably not emerging, but probably mainstream, which is robotic process and automation, RPA, and or, you know, blockchain. So what emerging technologies hold the most promise for helping you achieve your priorities? Well, I could first tell you that, that the Finnish government launched uh, the artificial intelligence program in spring 2017 already. And, and from that sense, Finland has been seen as one of the fast movers to, to identify what kind of actions does the age of AI require uh, in terms of the new practices, investments, competence, ethics, and public discussion. And uh, in this program, one of the, the uh, key actions recommended was that uh, we would build world's best public services using AI solutions. And uh, now we have a program called Aurora AI, is our solution where we want to, to uh, develop a people-centric and, and proactive society so that we create a, a network of, this, of services, both virtual and physical, to support individuals and uh, businesses that are in need of a particular service. And um, so on AI, we are really moving forward 
Um, we have also, of course, we are implementing uh, chatbots type of functions related to AI, but um, generally um, that is a, I would say, a topic that every agency here looks forward. Regards to RPA, which I mentioned before, is, is that we actually uh, implemented it. It was one of the, those projects we started 2015 and, and we implemented it to our shared financials and HR service center. And that was a, a really successful with 1 million euros investment. They got 6 million an, uh, euros annual savings. And they also experienced how to implement the RPA in a correct way. And actually, this shared service center has been now supporting other uh, agencies how to implement RPA in use. And I would say the, the RPA is already kind of normal work. I wouldn't, it starts to be that I would not more call it a kind of emerging technology from my perspective. Regards to the blockchain, there we've been um, doing some tests and, and actually we had in, in production a minor tool for the refugees in order to, to uh, give them uh, money to use with a bank card. The, the blockchain was there used in the sense that we wanted to um, clarify that it's not a, a black money that is on the card. Then we have had a, a blockchain tested also um, in uh, buying the flats in Finland, how to make the agreements between the different parties. But um, generally uh, looking forward is, is really the, the AI, which is, is, I would say, boosting in Finland and is, is the, the most promise, I would say, as a priority as I say that RPA is already more or less normal way of working, taking things forward. That's terrific. Thank you. So regarding emerging technologies uh, or technologies that are maturating, what competencies and skills will be required of public servants to meet the future technology demands and realities? And perhaps you could share with us your human capital and skill building strategies for the future in this area. Well, I think you, you have to, of course, define the, the different persons, what sort of skill level they need. So, so you might need some, just the basic skills and, and uh, or then you need to know further the, the best way to how to implement, how to get the benefits out of it. But then we have also the identified for these four leaders that you should be able to understand as well that how you should look, that you need to change the work methods and processes to gain efficiency out and and uh, how to use the AI in an ethical manner. The ethics is also very important that uh, you understand um, how the decision is, is made and you can come back always uh, to show that this was the way the decision was made. So, so we see the ethics in Finland very important as well, uh, one of the, the uh, skills that you need to have. So, you know, from an ICT perspective, how has the shutdown impacted government operations and how has technology helped Finland's government to continue to meet its public service missions? 
Well, in, in Finland, it, well, it was mid-March when almost all civil servants uh, needed to move teleworking. And actually we did it full-time practically overnight. Even 60% of the total Finnish workforce moved to teleworking. And I've understood that number being the highest in the world. I think that this uh, civil servants movement to teleworking has been possible due to the fact that we have had these uh, common centralized services. Uh, what we saw is that the use of digital public services increased significantly uh, since the outbreak of the epidemic. For example, in April, the number of remote visits to the public health care increased by uh, 40-fold. And then um, uh, in, in Finland, uh, we were very successful also in education. The distance learning was introduced on the, the national level, both in primary and secondary schools, as well as in the universities. So the, the primary schools also were using um, these tools. Actually, in the universities, the number of past exams in the, uh, were even increased compared to the previous years. So they had been really looking forward to get more remote courses than our universities, universities had been willing to give. I would say that it, it has gone uh, smoother than we actually expected, the uh, moving to the telework in Finland. Anamaya, uh, Finland's first national public procurement strategy was launched, as I understand, in September 2020. How does this strategy impact the way your organization operates? Well, as I uh, explained in the beginning, we use shared service company uh, for our purchasing in Finland. Also, ICT is part of it. So actually, uh, the strategy is is really uh, they, they who implement it for our purchases. But what I see there is especially important for us is the innovative uh, purchasing, as uh, this makes it possible that we must first make a, a proof of concept, and and then we can continue with the same supplier to to build the actual service. So far, the the European um, uh, directives is that you have been uh, you have not been able to continue directly from the proof of concept supplier to actually to do the whole uh, service. So um, I think that is one of the the best things that in the strategies that we want to take forward. How is Finland promoting cross border information exchange? We'll explore this question and so much more when the special edition of the Business of Government Hour, the Global Government Leaders Series, returns. How can government best use big data to transform decision-making, public services delivery, and communication? The IBM Center Report Integrating Big Data and Thick Data to Transform Public Services Delivery by Yan Yan Ang presents five recommendations for public managers introducing the concept of mixed analytics, urging thick data, meaning qualitative information about users, to be presented alongside big data to improve government decision-making. Visit businessofgovernment.org to read more. This is The Center This Week. 
highlighting the latest trends and best practices for improving government effectiveness. Brought to you by the IBM Center for the Business of Government. I'm Michael Keegan, Managing Editor of the Business of Government magazine. The Center this week is our opportunity to inform and, most importantly, to invite you, our listeners, to use the IBM Center for the Business of Government as your resource, a how-to resource for improving government effectiveness at the state, local, and federal level. Recently, I was at the annual conference of the American Society of Public Administration, ASPA, and I had an opportunity to talk to Gert Burkhardt, president of the International Institute of Administrative Sciences. So, Gert, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm, uh, my name is Gert Burkhardt. I'm a professor at the University of Leuven. I'm responsible for public management, public governance, research, teaching, uh, consultancy, and uh, I'm f- predominantly focusing on comparative research within the OECD, and uh, that includes uh, financial management, performance management uh, in the broad sense, so including trust issues and the reform of the public sector to be fit for purpose for the future. What's your background? I have a mixed background. Um, as a European, uh, I my first degree was uh, business engineering, which is a combination of MBA and civil engineering. But I found that too narrow, so I immediately combined it with philosophy, which I also finished. So I have a degree in philosophy, and that brought me to my mission in life uh, to think critically about the public sector. So I added also political science to that. So I have studied, I finished studies at three faculties and my PhD was in social sciences on productivity measurement in the public sector. Wow. Okay, great. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the um, IIAS. Yes. What are some of the, could you tell us, uh, um, first off, could you give us a little bit about the history and yes. mission? IIAS is a fascinating organization. It was founded in 1930. So it's actually the oldest um, global organization in uh, public administration. It was uh, part of the League of Nations uh, ambition, supported by the Belgian government to contribute to world peace. And the uh, Belgian government wanted an international institute uh, focusing on the quality of the public sector to contribute to world peace. And so since 1930, we are based in Brussels supported, uh, you know, hosted by the Belgian government. Uh, But we are international. That means we follow the coming from the League of Nations, which then became the United Nations. Um, We are recognized by the United Nations and we have member countries. So in my council of administration, we have countries and representatives of countries around the table, like India, China, Brazil, Finland, uh, Bahrain uh, and so on. So it's a global organization that um, focuses on academics but also top civil servants and the bridge between them to see how we can improve the public sector um, uh, worldwide. Mm-hmm. We are focusing on SDGs currently so our strategy is how can we support our members and, and the general uh, societies to get 
the SDGs, as, and as you may know, there are 17 sustainable development goals. So it's uh, how to make that happen um, in, in reality. So by 2030, the ambition of the United Nations is to realize the 17 sustainable development goals. And uh, we, our next conference, because we have constantly conferences all over the world, our next one is in Singapore. Uh, and uh, the topic of the conference is effectiveness, accountability and inclusion. The three key t terms to realize the sustainable development goals. So what about your leadership role? Could you tell us more about that? How do, how do you juggle both your academic uh, role and your current role with the IIAS? Well, I think it's, uh, uh, I consider the presidency of IIAS as an intellectual leadership uh, to guide uh, our members, to guide debates, to make sure we have an upgrading of the quality of governance in the member countries, to make sure there's a bridge between academia and top-level uh, practice. We call them pracademics. Uh, I think it's important to, to have to organize the two-way traffic mm -hmm. and, um, you know, to make sure the regions and the countries have the debates which are relevant for the future. Given you're the intersection between the uh, academic and the practitioner, Perhaps I could split this question up. What are some of the challenges, some of the really significant challenges being faced in the academic side as well as the practitioner side in public administration and administrative sciences? Well, one of the elements on the academic side, it's not just research, it's also teaching. And so the question is, how should we teach, adjust our teaching to make sure that we have the right civil servants in the future, to make sure that we have citizens, you know, private sector people that understand the public sector, and that there is a, a, a kind of systemic uh, capacity to cope with the future challenges. I think that's uh, an academic uh, challenge in itself, uh, since it means we have we cannot just copy paste the past uh, as far as teaching is concerned. We have to reinvent that. We have to make sure we have the another type of researchers too. That means um, the the disciplines should we have more lawyers or more social scientists or perhaps anthropologists. And so the classical silos between the disciplines is a, a big issue in the academia. Uh, and that, of course, um, brings us to the way of teaching. So instead of having teaching from the silos, and then the persons have to, you know, take care of themselves by bringing everything together, I think we have to reverse our type of teaching by having like big cases which then the students uh, in a kaleidoscopic way look from different angles which are the disciplines. So that's a Copernical change of the teaching. So I think that's a crucial way to adjust uh, universities and the academia to uh, prepare people that are fit for purpose for future challenges. 
And the same applies, of course, to the civil servants and the policymakers, but also people that are in NGOs to better understand this in the private sector, because increasingly we have public-private partnerships. So we need a kind of mutual understanding instead of uh, having a diverging vision or, you know, uh, considering other sides of society as obsolete uh, or uh, undesirable. We, of course, need a kind of fair equilibrium uh, between NGOs, private sector and public sector. You know, uh, that depends on, on the systems. More information on this and other center resources is available at businessofgovernment.org. There you will find how the business of government is not business as usual. For the IBM Center for the Business of Government, I'm Michael Keegan, and this has been The Center This Week. Welcome back to the Business of Government Hour. I'm Michael Keegan, your host, and our guest today is Anamaya Kadeolinen, Director General of Public Sector Information and Communication Technologies within the Ministry of Finance for the Government of Finland. Finland is a forerunner in many areas such as new modern services and solutions. I'm interested to understand how has Finland managed to transform its innovation into global markets? Well, from my what I think, perhaps not so much as, as we could. What we, as public sector, we try to support the, the private sector in the way that we outsource or we, we buy the service from the private sector in order to de- develop the, the, our services. So it's, it's public-private partnership. So we try to do our best, but I, I think could transform more the innovation into global markets than we do at the moment, unfortunately. Very interesting. So would you tell us more about your efforts to promote cross-border information exchanges? How is Finland exchanging information with its neighboring countries? What types of information are you sharing and what does the future hold in this area? Well, we we are, uh, especially in the Nordic Baltics area, the, the Nordic countries and Baltic countries do uh, cross-border information exchange. But of course, it's on the agenda of the uh, EU as well. We have, for example, with Estonia, a common platform and even an institute to uh, for an interoperability tools and to to in, enable the interoperability between the countries. Uh, we share with uh, Estonia the citizen movement information for taxation purposes, for example. We can use pharmacy receipts cross-border and, and also there is uh, company register information that we share cross-border. We have similar things also uh, what we are sharing towards, I would say, mainly between Finland and, and Sweden as, as a lot of Finns have moved um, earlier times to work in Sweden. In Nordic-Baltic level, we have also very strong cooperation to deliver cross-border services like EID, information of uh, study diplomas and these sort of things. And um, it's it's not always so easy as you have to have this semantic interoperability always also in place and the agreement between the states as well. So, 
So uh, moving forward, but I would say the, the most what we are doing at the moment is with the Estonia and Sweden. Anna Maya, I talk with many of my guests about leveraging strategic relationships using collaboration and partnerships among government agencies and the private sector to achieve mission results. How are you leveraging partnerships and collaboration with the private sector to improve operations, achieve program outcomes, and more importantly, execute on your mission? Well, uh, we do a lot in uh, this PPP model. We buy services from the private sector. We don't program ourselves, but our partners does. And and actually in the AI area, we even say that we do it in four-piece model. So uh, public-private-people partnership uh, where we uh, move forward. So... Um, we see it as a key enabler for the public sector to do the whole digitalization. And um, I, I think that the collaboration has improved a lot since um, that Finland.fi, the national uh, service architecture we built, the Finland.fi services as, as then the, the um, I would say that the private sector were, was also able to, to see that we are really delivering services what are also for them to use in the future. So there became a sort of kind of a trust relationship as well, uh, working together. So turning to the future, Anamaya, um, what do you see as your highest priority over the next couple of years? And what would you like to achieve in the next, say, two years? Well... Coming back, I, I would say to the uh, to the beginning, I want to deliver results in our six digital projects that are in the government program. Um, get Finland to, to be more proactive and and people centric society with the um, AI tools, and then to implement this mobile uh, EID to be able to move uh, to the digital wallet world. So I think these are the, the topics I would like to get done in, in the next two, three years. Anamaya, I want to thank you for joining us today and uh, thank you for your dedicated service to your country. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure for me. This has been a special edition of the Business of Government Hour, a conversation with Anamaya Karelenen, Director General, Public Sector, Information and Communication Technologies, ICT, for the Ministry of Finance within the government of Finland. Be sure to join us next week for another informative, insightful, and in-depth conversation on improving government and its effectiveness. Until then, subscribe, download, and listen to the entire interview at Podcast One, iTunes, or on your favorite podcast app, and as always at businessofgovernment.org. For the Business of Government Hour, I'm Michael Keegan, and thanks for joining us. This has been the Business of Government Hour. Be sure to visit us on the web at businessofgovernment.org. There you can learn more about our programs and get a transcript of today's conversation. Until next week, it's businessofgovernment.org.